Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 337 and I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm excited, so excited to have Lara Beauparlant on. I tried to say it without the T, but I probably did the real Southern Beauparlant. Oh, there we go. We didn't have to say it. But this is her book. She is on. She's going to talk about um, creating a brand chemistry and there's so much more in this book than that, and there's so much more to Laura than that, but Laura has been gracious enough. She's going to give us a little lesson today, and I'm really excited, and I have a link. So, hey, Patricia. Patricia's in um, Portland or outside. She's in Washington, but anyway, close enough. That's the nearest big city. My mom's here. Um, as well. So here we go. We're going to get started. Laura, can you give us a little bit of your background? Because you've been a designer, you've also owned an agency, and now you're you're really, it's like a brand therapy you're doing for, for Ooh, companies, right? I like that. Brand therapist. It's my new title. <laughs> so my background, I studied graphic design. I went to college for that. I got into it from a high school teacher who um, actually reconnected with not too long ago, which was really fun. We actually had lunch together um, with my high school design teacher. And I was his first student to graduate from design. So we had a special bond. And after college, I lived abroad. I lived abroad for three years, living in London, England, and Copenhagen, Denmark, and had some really amazing life experiences living abroad working in different types of settings. Uh, and then I came home back to Canada. I live in Toronto and I couldn't get a job, <laughs> which I, seemed funny. I'm like, I have international experience. How could I not get a job? Um, but because I hadn't been working in the local design community, it was really hard to get a foothold in a, not a junior, like super entry level position. So um, I, I did get a job. I started working a few kind of part-time things and, and got a job, which wasn't really my dream job, but what it did was it gave me the opportunity to develop my first business. So I was, um, it was 2004 and it was shortly before my own wedding. And I was looking around at wedding invitations and I was like, there is nothing interesting in this space. It was really like our grandmothers and mothers wedding invitations and so there wasn't really any graphic designers designing beautiful custom stationery and i had a very modern very typographic very bold aesthetic to my look so i thought you know what i could i could maybe design some station wedding invitations and so my first business that i started in 2004 was actually designing wedding invitations so that was, um, I really believe that I helped to kind of shift the, that whole look. I mean, now so many designers are designing stationery. It's so easy to get gorgeous, amazing, beautifully designed invitations because designers are creating them. 2004, that was definitely not the case. So I got really known for that. I was featured in a lot of magazines and blogs and kind of all the big name things and was really known for my style. And then about five-ish years ago, four or five years ago, but 12 years into my business, I started falling out of love with the wedding industry. Um, yeah, <laughs> my love affair was over. I mean, I loved my community. I loved my people. 
And what I found is, and some people might identify with this, is that so much of who I was, I identified as being that person. I was, mm-hmm. I was Laura, the stationary, like the invitation designer. I was known for that. And I thought, if I'm not this person, who am I? Um, so I kind of almost felt like I had a bit of an identity crisis in, in, in essence. And in 2015, I had a big life event that made me really pivot. And I know Diane, you and I talked about this. We can go into it in more detail if you want to later, but I was like, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm no longer, I'm, I have such a bigger purpose and I'm not really living up to what I should be doing in my life and in my business. And that started me on the journey to really discover what I was meant to do. Uh, So that was late 2015. And then I took a number of months and I'd been doing design work for businesses the whole time and started to realize that I was actually really good at that. I was really good with my clients. I like, I, I just had a knack for helping people with their businesses. I've also been an entrepreneur for now 16 years this past February. So I knew that I had a lot of insights I could offer to newer and younger entrepreneurs So I launched Lab Creative in actually April 1st, 2016. Uh, My book launched April 1st, 2019. And it's been a really exciting journey. So I developed Brandcamp sort of in that process and then wrote the book about it, which came out last year. So all of the newness and the Lab Creative and Brand Chemistry and, and Brandcamp, all of these things are basically four years old. Wow. So that's a lot. That's a, um, that's the short, I feel like that's the condensed version. <laughs> it is. And I, I can't wait to dig into more, but it's like everything you did, even with the wedding industry, it was so, you know, people wanted to make that, that day so special and branded. And so it's like, you were doing that yeah. and it was, it was a feel it was, you, you got to really you got into what that brand was for that couple. Exactly. It was like branding their wedding, the colors yeah. and the look and the feel and all of that. And the invitation sets the tone, right? That's, it's all part of it. And I also, and this is relevant, I really stuck true to my style and I didn't stray from that. And I got really well known for what I do and also what I don't do. It's like, I didn't wrap a ribbon around a single invitation or glue a rhinestone. I was like, that's, that's what you're looking for. I will happily refer you to another designer. That's what they do. So people would actually recognize my, I had a photographer once say to me, oh, I, he sent me an email. I photographed one of your weddings on the weekend. It's like, my name is nowhere on the stationery. It's like place cards and menus and sign like the seating chart. And I said, how did you know? And he said, I recognized your style. Wow. So there's something to be said. It doesn't mean we don't evolve. My style's evolved over right. the years. But as creatives, knowing what you do and what you don't do is, is super important. Um, one of the quotes in my book, and I don't know if you've gotten there yet, is I heard a speaker at a wedding industry event say, sometimes you have to subtract to add. Mm. Yeah. And I love that so much because I realize we don't have to be everything to everybody. We don't have to offer 
all the things to all the people. We have to really focus on what, so I had a whole section on my website for baby related, like birth announcements and baby showers. I made no money on it. I spent a lot of time in quotes and in meetings. And I, it was because I thought I had to have that, had -hmm. to do that. And as soon as I heard that one line at this conference, I was like, that's it. I went home and I removed that entire section from my website. That's amazing. Well, and, and it then, was liberating. Well, was, one, of the, one of the things I'm sure we're going to get back, we're, get into this is that a lot of us have trouble valuing um, what we do. And you have a, a um, there are a couple examples in the book and there was a cake, uh, uh, she made cakes. I don't yeah. remember what cake her name designer. was. Yeah. Yeah. Cake designer. And you know, her price I think was either 400 or $300. It was, that was her base price for a cake and people were calling her because she, and they wanted to spend, they had a budget of $30. Exactly. And so there was a disconnect because of what she was putting out there. There was also a comedian. I mean, we hear these things, we know these things and we can see them, but it is very difficult for us to be able, um, cause one of the things with brand chemistry is that it's about attracting the right client and exactly. speaking to them and that has to do with everything. It has just really hit in with me. I'm like, mm, you know, there's some things I think I need to do. And I think it's about, you know, it, we're going to talk about this hope about your hair um, yeah. and about the, <laughs> the, what straight hair versus going natural and curly. Cause it's super cute. Right. Thank you. Um, but what that said, so it doesn't, you know, it's just even what your presence, what, what you're, what you're looking like, how your website looks, what your business card feels like all that stuff makes a difference. Yeah. So I'm just excited to dig in. If you want to take over and teach us what you want to teach us, and then we will Absolutely. dig into this stuff. And I'm super glad we got people from all over. Demi's here from London, Fred's in Belgium. So we got people from, and um, got, uh, Andre's here from Portugal. So I'm glad everybody's Amazing. here. Thank you all for being here. Um, I, Corona can't stop it. That's right. Can't stop it from being virtually uh, connected. So amazing. Um, so please do post any questions you have in the chat. If I answer them while I'm going through, I will. If not, I'll try to catch them at the end. And then, you know, we can always carry on this conversation afterwards if anybody wants to connect with me. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be able to share, share all of that. So I'd love to chat about how to create brand chemistry. Can you see my screen okay? Yes. yes. Okay, awesome. So, and you can follow me on social, uh, Lab Creative Inc. if you're interested. So let's, let's dive right into what is a brand and why does it matter? So as I mentioned, I've been uh, a designer for 16 years and an entrepreneur for, no, I've been a designer for over 20 years and an entrepreneur for 16. And what I've learned in that time is that it takes so much more than just being really good at what you do to start and run a successful business, right? You need a brand, but what is a brand anyway, right? It's a term talked about so much, but it's still so misunderstood. So your brand is like this beautifully decorated cake. I hope everybody has eaten lunch because my slides might make you hungry. Just saying. Everybody's going to want a cake, but we can't go out and buy a cake right now. <laughs> Maybe you've got something you can bake it with at home. So your brand is like this beautifully decorated cake. 
right? It's a cohesive whole. It looks and smells amazing, but it's only when you cut into that cake mm. and you see all of the different layers that make up that cake. Then you think even deeper and you go, look at all of the ingredients, the eggs, the butter, the flour, the sugar that work together in harmony to make a cake that doesn't just look and smell delicious, but taste amazing as well, right? Because a cake that lacks substance, right? A cake that's all sprinkles and icing, right? That's going to lack substance, mm -hmm. just like a brand that's all logo and website. And right, when I'm saying logos, I'm not just talking, you know, when I'm saying branding, I'm not just talking about logos, although a logo is an important part of the equation. Of the, it's one of those layers of your cake, but it's only one layer. There's so many other things that make up those layers. Your brand is how you make people feel. It's how you show up in the world. It's the promise you make to the world. It's what you stand for and what you believe in. And it's why you started this business in the first place. So your brand needs to drive everything you do and how you do it from the way you answer the phone to the quality of the products and services you offer to, you know, the, the way you present yourself in person on social media, in marketing, everywhere, right? The clothes you wear, everything affects the perception of your brand and how you show up in the world. So, I want to ask three questions. These are things you can sort of start to ask yourself. The first one is, what does the external world think of you and your brand? The second question is, what problem does your brand solve in the world? And the third question is, who are you and who is your brand? So I'm going to walk you through sort of how do we actually dig into each of these three questions. Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So do you find, because these are, you seem like, I mean, it seems like these would be easy, but these can be very difficult questions yeah. because especially for an entrepreneur, you have a lot of hats and you do a lot of things and you have a, because it's yours, it's hard. You're like, well, I don't, it is how I'm at the grocery store, how my brand is seen, or do you know what I mean? Like if I'm just walking and shopping, but so have you found in all your years of doing this that some companies really struggle with one of those questions more than others, or do they just do all of them? I think the reality is that most of the time we can't answer these on our own. I didn't answer them for myself. So I actually brought in somebody to walk, take me through my process because I knew I was too close to my own business. I've okay, helped great. other designers with their branding for their branding because they're too close to it. Mm -hmm. We cannot realistically brand our own businesses. We need to be a part of it, but I could not have, I would not have dug deep enough or, mm. and, and that's what I do. So this process is the high level of brand camp and what is in my book. This is sort of broken down into three sections. And the reality is you have to dig deep. You have to peel, it's like peeling, a, peeling a, an onion. You have to peel back the layers and there can be resistance. I've, I deal with clients who are resistant. They're like, I can't be that. That's people won't, that's not what people expect in my industry. Mm. Well, who says that's how you have to do it? So sometimes I feel like I'm giving them permission to be authentic and to really own what they do best. So I believe that we all need an external source to be our 
our voice of reason, our sounding board, somebody to push us and guide us. I've had people say things in brain camp and I'm like, oh my God, that's it. That's the key. That, that's the thing. And they're like, what did I just say? <laughs> because it's literally staring them right in the face and they can't see it. Mm. And that happens to all of us. We can't, we can't see the things that other people say because we're in it. It's like that you can't see the forest for the trees, mm -hmm. right? Or I once took a, um, a trip, my dad as a pilot has a small airplane and I got to take a flight with him down the Hudson River next to Manhattan at a thousand feet and do like a 360 around the Statue of Liberty. I wrote a blog post about it because of course I could relate it to business, which is how my brain works. But seeing New York from a thousand feet above that bird's eye view, is very different from the experience of New York when I'm walking the streets of New York, right? So that's what I do. I'm, I'm like your, your thousand foot flight mm. over your business versus you being in walking on the street in amongst the buildings. It's a different perception and we're too close to it. So I hope that helps. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what does the external world think of you? Are you memorable and remarkable? Are you consistent? Are you, you know, showing up? Are you visible, right? Like what do people, do people even understand what it is that you do and what you offer? You'd be surprised how many people don't realize that their websites do not clearly articulate what it is they do for people or that it tells them that they do something different or in the, in the example of the cake designer, that you're cheaper than you are. So mm -hmm. many people come to me and saying, people want to, char want to pay me a fraction of what I charge. They want to pay me $500 and I charge $5,000. That's a misalignment. Mm -hmm. You said it, you're like, I love, I love it when people kind of start quoting my book back to me. Maybe that sounds narcissistic, narcissistic but it means that it's landing. Mm -hmm. So when, when you are not, you know, clearly articulating your value that is a misalignment if people think you're cheaper than you are then that's there that's what the external world thinks of you they think you're cheaper than you are one of the other of things i liked about your book was that it was concise and so i feel like sometimes when we're trying to do this on our own we just say lots and lots and lots of words and it ends up being very muddying the message and that's yeah. why it's like you were able to say what you said in, in like a paragraph or two about the cake person and then yeah. there was another example but that's what i love so it wasn't just i mean consistency you were there because you do it more than once right but it was also concise and i think that that was really that's powerful in here it's also powerful in your brand i think it can be i think we can um, we, sometimes we try to overcompensate by, we actually complicate things by adding in too many words. So more often than not, when I get to helping people develop their brand position, it's 10 words or less. Yeah. And, and, and they'll be like, but I do all these things, but we're like, no, like we need the, what is the most desired outcome from your clients and who are you serving? Like it's, we all overcomplicate things and we need that that outside perspective for sure. And I'm a, I'm a concise, I'm probably less of a concise talker <laughs> than I am a writer. And, and I think that comes across in my book and in my blogs and things like that. So anyway, okay. So what does the external world think of you? So let's look at a, an example industry. So I Googled naturopathy and this is what came up 
in the Google images. What do we see? You know, everybody, you're probably thinking, you can type it in the chat if you want. Um, Diane, what do you see? I see a lot of green. I see a lot of um, leaves and yeah. hands. Exactly. And this, this is sort of what is the industry standard, we'll say, when it comes to naturopathy. There's this natural, this green, you know, and then we, we keep scrolling and it goes on and on and on. Now we look at this and this is actually some clip art that you could buy for next mm -hmm. to nothing. Slap your name on there. Bob's your uncle. You've got a logo, right? Mm -hmm. But that, that doesn't help you stand out. That doesn't help you be memorable. That just helps you blend in and be a wallflower mm -hmm. and not a leader in your industry, right? This is just going to be, it's just a logo. That's it. It mean, it will mean nothing ultimately. So now I want you to look at this page and tell me what you see. Is there a new page? Or you might just go back to the same page? No. Take a look. Do you see the red phoenix? Oh, yeah. Now I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, I still see the same one. It's the same one. I know. No, absolutely. So, totally stands out. Yeah. So now Dr. Lisa Watson is a client of ours, and she went through this process with us. And she'd been in business for about 10 years and, hmm. and had... A decent brand. I'll show that to you a bit later, but it didn't really represent her. She's a total badass. She's got red hair and red lips and tattoos and piercings. She hula hoops with fire. Like she likes heavy metal. She's, she's not your typical naturopath. So she needed a brand that reflected that and allowed her to stand out from her competition. So, right. Let's take a look. Her, you know, it's the colors that help her stand out. It's this red phoenix, which is, and look at her brand essence, which is from burnt out to fired up, mm -hmm. which beautifully relates to the look. So we had to figure out what her essence was and what her brand position, which is to get women fired up to make a change so they can live their fullest life. So once we got the language and we developed her brand personality, then we could design the logo because we knew who she was, what she stands for, who she serves, and how she can truly stand out in her industry and really be authentic. And I'll show you her and her brand later. So you'll really get a sense of that. Thank you. Thanks, Andre, about the brand, the brand statement. So let's, let's go back to cupcakes or cakes and go, is Lisa a vanilla cupcake or a spicy chocolate cupcake? Spicy chocolate. Spicy chocolate. Exactly. But she was, she was pretending to be a vanilla cupcake mm. before in her brand. How many of us are pretending to be a vanilla cupcake when we're really a spicy chocolate cupcake? Now there's nothing wrong with vanilla. I love a good vanilla cupcake, but if you're vanilla, then be the best vanilla cupcake mm. you can be. But if you're a spicy chocolate cupcake, don't pretend to be anything but a spicy chocolate cupcake. All right. I know everybody's going to go and need to have something sweet. after this. Trisha says she's loving the language. And Andre also says, wow, that brand statement is very cool. Thank and you. you're just getting tons, tons of uh, positivity over uh, there. Thank you, everybody. I love it. So, so what is your brand really saying? That's what I want you to think about. What is the perception that other people have of you? That's a really important question to ask. And we need to do some digging because that's, you know, I'm going to jump into that a little bit more, but 
what is your brand saying? Is it expressing your value? Is it authentic? Is it showing who your true character is? And especially in the times like we are having right now with everything going on, the quarantining and the everything with COVID-19, so many businesses are affected by this. How are you showing up online? Are you showing up? And what is, what is your brand telling people? Are you, is it sounding like you're taking advantage of the situation and you're just on automatic and like you're, you're tone deaf to what's happening? Are you, are you giving, are you positioning yourself as somebody who really cares about your clients and your audience so that when the dust settles, whether or not you get business today or tomorrow or next week or six months from now, what your brand is saying to people now will have a massive impact on whether or not they will hire you in the future when they're ready. So I've been doing that in my business for the last two weeks and really showing up as my best authentic self, reading my book on Instagram live as an experiment. It's the perfect time to experiment and, and be out there so people can see you. If you shrink away, then it will be much easier to forget you. But it's also, you have to be really specific and strategic in how you're showing up, especially with what's going on in the world today. So the next question is, what problem are you solving in the world? So there were literally millions of things that you could have chosen to do, right? But you decided on this one thing that you're doing. Why? Did you see a need? something that was being solved but wasn't being solved well or something that you thought you could do better or different? Is it something that you just really love to do? We all started our business for a reason. And it's probably because we're passionate about what we do, but we also need to know, we need to reconnect with that sometimes because if we're feeling frustrated or anxious or in scarcity, which is what a lot of people are feeling right now, your clients will also feel that. But if you can reconnect to why you started your own business and who you want to serve, then it's, it'll be so much easier for you to speak with passion and with that enthusiasm so that people feel that. People will feel what the energy that you're putting out into the world, whether you realize it or not. So if you're putting out negative energy and frustration and scarcity, you will bring that into your mm. life. But if you put out this giving, this light, if you become the light and the leader, people will follow you and they will see you as a voice of reason and somebody who they admire. And when you speak with passion about your business, people will sit up and lean in and listen to you. And really as a designer, we have to be somebody who they're going to um, respect as well as trust. And so yeah. if you you may not say that you're the leader in, you know, all the designers out there, but what you are is the leader in the type of design you do for those clients that you work for. And exactly right. It, it's not like we're climbing, we're fighting each other to the top. There's plenty of work for all of us, exactly. but it's that you have to be present and out there and showing that you do know what you're talking about and you're willing to do the work with your exactly. clients. Exactly. And you know, there, I believe there's magic in what other people say about you. Mm. We don't 
we don't think enough about what other people think about us and what they say. So are your clients writing testimonials? Are they writing reviews for you on LinkedIn and Instagram and not Instagram on uh, Facebook and Google? If they're not, it's time to start asking them, you know, even ask them these three questions. What was your challenge? Why did you choose to work with me? And what was the outcome? Even if you could get those three things out of an, a testimonial, could be one or two sentences, give them that little bit of structure. What was, what was your challenge? Why did you hire me? And what was the outcome? You'll get a much more, like sometimes I read testimonials and we're like, it was a great experience. I really recommend this person. Boring, mm -hmm. nothing. Like that is the worst, it's almost, it's meaningless. I can't, you can't find the really compelling language, but if you start to look at really powerful testimonials that you receive from clients, you'll find the magic. You'll find those keywords that people, you'll see the, the repetition, right? You'll see people using the same words, like you were a great listener and you just got me and you, um, you know, whatever that is that people say about you, start to listen to those words and start to incorporate that into your language. Listen to the challenges that your clients had so that in your language, you can actually speak to the challenges because if your current or past clients have had those challenges, there's a good chance your potential clients also have those challenges. So if people feel understood and feel like you get them, that you understand their values and their challenges, then they're also more likely to hire you. And, you know, I used to have our homepage of our website used to have photos of our design work, the, the physical products, the brochures and websites and logos and things like that. And then I started reading testimonials and realizing that the, the design work was almost like the footnote in the bottom at the end of the, like, and, oh, and of course the design's amazing, right? But it was all about how we made them feel they felt listened to, they felt supported. They just knew they had to work with us. Mm -hmm. It was an emotional reaction, right? We have to stop trying to get into the brains of our clients and get into their hearts. If you can connect with them on a heart to heart level, they will choose you because you're the only choice for them, not because you're cheaper or more conveniently located. We want to stop being the cheaper, more convenient option and be the only choice. And you can't do that if you're only going after their brains. You have to get them in their hearts where they're like, I don't care how much you are. I just know that I have to work with you. That's a human connection. That's creating an authentically human brand. That's creating chemistry. Hmm right? It's chemistry, whether it's a, a personal relationship, a client relationship. If we can create more of an emotional connection with people and they feel heard and cared for, there's a greater chance that they will spread the word. I had somebody write a review for me on Facebook just last night after an hour call with her. Not, I didn't even ask for it, but she then went on and posted a review. And so it's sometimes it's not even asking, it's just what you're giving to them. And then she felt compelled to go and write a review for me. So we really have to, and, and a lot of people say, oh, I hate asking for testimonials. It feels so gross. Maybe, I don't know if that's a Canadian thing. I don't know. No, I think we <laughs> don't, nobody likes it. <laughs> nobody likes it. Okay. I know Canadians are known for being a little bit more sheepish when it comes to like asking for things like that. So 
Um, but it's if people are usually very happy to share, if they've had a great experience with you, they will gladly refer you to somebody. You, but we have to ask, we have to stop being afraid of asking for, for help. Even the word help, it feels like we're, we're desperate if we're asking for help. And that mm. is not the case. We, we asking somebody for a referral, hey, I'm hosting this event. I'm looking for one or two more people who fit this, blah, blah, blah. Do you know anybody? Whatever that is, it's not asking for help. You're actually, you have to flip that and say, I'm doing a disservice to people by not sharing my gift to them, mm. with them. All right, I'll keep moving because I feel like I'm going too long. So we're not selling the eggs, the butter, flour, and sugar, right? We're selling the cake, the full package. You can't just sell the individual things, right? Brand chemistry is about having the right ingredients and the right proportions and doing it at the right time in order to create brand chemistry, the same as in baking, right? In baking, you need to have the right ingredients and the right proportions and do everything at the right time or you're going to have a baking disaster, which is why I use a lot of baking analogies because there's, there's, a, there's a similarity in the chemistry that's required, right? Um, and there's, you know, I have a sweet tooth, so it's always It's nice definitely food. chemistry though, because I can make a yucky cake for sure. <laughs> yes. And yes, I have examples of some, some stories about some baking fails that I usually use in, in a big keynote. Um, so going back to Lisa, right? Like she's selling this from burnt out to fired up. She's not selling like as a naturopath, people don't go for IV therapy and bioidentical hormones and supplements. They go to feel better, mm. to stop feeling burnt out, to get fired up. You can't sell the features of what you do. Right. We're all selling design. We're all selling the same. Essentially, we're selling the same products. So we can't sell the products. We have to sell what that will do for them, right? I don't sell branding and design. I sell confidence and clarity. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you sell that isn't the same commodity, essentially? We're all designers, right? We're selling design, but we're not selling design. Because if we are selling design, then somebody's just going to pick the one who's the least expensive or the most convenient. It has to be more than just the thing you sell. We are good at what we do. We produce gorgeous, amazing design work, but so do so many other people, right? We can't just be basing the business on that alone. It's the experience people have and how we make them feel combined with the confidence we give them and the amazing brand that we create visually. And then the support, the brand coaching I provide them after we've developed everything so they, they don't feel so alone. So how do you make your clients feel? So that's the next thing I want you to think about. How do you make them feel? Do you have a client journey? Do you have a client experience? Do you have a document that outlines, you know, this is the timeline. This is the touch points. You will experience this. This is like, how do ultimately start listening for those feeling words that people use? And if they're not using any feeling words, what can you shift in your business? so that you start to create more of a feeling and an emotional connection with people. And thanks for all the amazing comments. 
Okay, so the last one is who are you? And I'll try to go through this one really quickly so we can move on because I know you have a lot of other questions. Okay, so this is Dr. Watson's logo before, right? It's a little different. It's not green with leaves like the other ones. It is Helvetica, also the most common font on the face of the planet, as you may know, right? And this is Lisa. <laughs> so if you were to just see this logo, never having met her, you book an appointment, go to see your naturopath, and this is who you met, do you think you'd be surprised? I would have been. Probably. Not, there's, I mean, she's a beautiful woman, but there's Absolutely. a disconnect. There's a misalignment, right? Mm -hmm. You would be surprised because visuals create, you know, this gives a visual cue into what you're going to expect. Now, right. if you see that logo and you never had met Lisa and you walked in, would you be like, mm-hmm, yep. yep, that's exactly who I expected to meet when I walked in here. At least it's not Comic Sans, yes? Well... <laughs> There is a time and a place for Comic Sans, you know, in comic books. It's uh, about the only place I can think of. Uh, my kids like to use that in like, they'll be putting together a presentation. They're like, Comic Sans. I'm like, oh, you're killing yeah. me as a typography professor. Yeah. Killing me. Anyway. So now you can see that like so many people are misaligned. Like they're here, their visual brand is here, and their dream clients are over here. Now we've got to bring these things into alignment. So that you like design chiropractic or chiropractic anyway. Yeah, chiropractic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm 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 adjusting your yeah your with your life and yeah, and that's you won't you will continue to attract the wrong clients. You will continue to attract people that don't value what you do or that just see you as a commodity or you'll just blend in. Right? We don't want you to blend in with your competitors. Mm. I don't want you to do things just because they've always been done a certain way. It's time for us to have it, our own voice. And, you know, you shared the thing about me with the curly and straight hair. Now I used to straighten my hair when I started my business because I was 27 when I started my business and I, I blonde curly hair. I was like, nobody's going to take me seriously. For some reason in my head, I made up the story that if I straightened my hair, people would take me more seriously. And, you know, I did that for a really long time and I stopped, uh, straightening it on a weekend retreat four years ago when I was kind of rediscovering and re reinvigorating my business. And everyone, when I came down to this event, they were like, oh my God, who are you? Like what? Like they saw this like transformation and I realized that I was actually really hiding a part of myself just by straightening my hair, which I think I always thank God that must sound really trite to people like, Oh, you straighten your hair and now you wear it curly. But uh, we can share with you the before kind of that before I did a before and after on, on Instagram and, and on my social media. And you could see even like my lips were more pursed. There was less like brightness in my eyes. I wasn't smiling with my whole face. And then the next picture with the curly hair and I have this like floral jacket on. And I'm like, literally smiling with my whole face. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean about really creating this authentic brand that people are going to love it or they won't. And I think it's also getting okay with knowing that not, you're not going to be for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's hard though. That's a really hard, but again, we don't, if we're $400 cake, we don't want to service the $30 cakes. So it's easier yeah. for me to see it like that. Mm -hmm. because it's not a, a I understand it yeah. when you were talking about a value-based. Yeah. 
So are you sending mixed signals, right? If you're thinking about the value thing, are you saying one thing, but doing something else, right? So these are the, these are the elements. So this is what makes up my entire process, which is what's in the book that you were talking about, which is in my brand camp process. So what does the external world think of you is all about your target market and your competition. Then the problem you're solving is really looking at what makes you different and why you do what you do and the features and benefits that you offer people. And who are you is about your brand personality, the position you're taking and the essence of your brand. So that's like really how I frame it out. And, and I, I believe that it's really that what does the external world we think of you is, is a bit broader, right? Like the target market competition, we start there. People want to jump to like, what's my tagline? Mm. What's this? And I'm like, no, no, that's literally the tip of that triangle. We have to start broad and we have to build up. When I do this over two days with a group, we basically get through competition, target market, and maybe features and benefits on day one. And then the next day we do the rest of them. And they're like, now I see why we couldn't do this on, the, on day one. Because you have to, it's like building the groundwork. Mm-hmm. And that's really where it starts. And ultimately, it's all about chemistry. It's being that beacon, right? Like, like Lisa, she's now a beacon of light for mm-hmm. the right clients. We all want to be that beacon of light for the right people and know that that beacon might actually repel some people. But when you stop hiding behind the fake persona and the straight hair or the stock photography or that the way you write and the way you show up, I'm not saying put it all out there. I've written a lot about vulnerability and oversharing because I think we need to also curate our vulnerability. We need to stop looking like hot messes online because people will judge us and lose faith that we can actually do the work for them. Mm. I believe in teaching from your scars, not from your wounds. So if you can go, you're, we're all going to go through stuff. We're all going through stuff right now. Now is not the time to share what is happening inside your business with your community. Now is the time to show up as a leader. And now six months, a year from now, you can tell people what happened and what you, what happened, what you did and where you are now. There's nothing wrong with being a hot mess. I think we're all. (laughs) Jacob has a cotton candy company called hot mess. So. Oh, okay. Well, you are a hundred (laughs) percent allowed to be a hot mess. Oh, anyway, I love that. So that's the end of my sort of talk. And I realize now I talked a bit too much no, this that. So that probably went a little bit too long. So this was, this was great. So I know I have lots of questions. I know Jose had a question that I think I'm going to ask also, but I'm going to go ahead and ask Jose's question, yeah. which let me go back. Is it something about it. how long did something take? Yes. Me? Yeah. About coming to that realization and being able to uh, make that pivot. How long did it take for, to sort out your pivot? Um, that was probably like a four ish month process of like deep internal work. Mm -hmm. Um, it was challenging for sure, but I didn't do it alone. I, I went to a, a, like a leadership retreat away for a weekend. I got a business coach. I, so I surrounded myself with people that I knew could help me map this out 
Um, I don't believe we can do this alone. Even if we are solo entrepreneurs, we need community. We are not good at everything. And we need those people to be our sounding boards. I still have a business coach. I still am a part of mastermind groups because I know that, um, you know, even though I have a small team, I still need people to help me with the things that I need to work on while I'm also supporting my team. So I would say initially it was sort of a five, four or five month process, but it's, it's an evolution, right? We're always evolving and it's starting to really listen to what people are saying about you and about the impact that you're having and the things that you say that really resonate deeply with people. So there's things that I've said over the last little while that I'm like, wow, that was really well received or people really resonate with that or they're re-quoting me on social, things like that. So when you start to really listen to what people are resonating with in your messaging, just start sharing more of that. Okay. So taking, doing some introspection while you're, you're not just putting stuff out and never reviewing, you know, you're putting exactly. stuff out and, and coming back to it and seeing what resonates and what doesn't and not feeling like it's a failure. It's just not resonating. So we're going to move to something else that does. Exactly. All right. So you have this gift for seeing people and maybe this is just tons of practice or maybe you were always like this as a kid, but you really um, have a gift for seeing people the way they want to be. Um, and, and also the way that they want other people to see them. So how is understanding this and in all the businesses, the, the business now, as well as even the wedding business, or even when you were working for somebody else, how has it changed your business? And then how have you changed? Because you have pivoted also of what, what you're offering. You've, you've gone, you know, even more focused on these sort of this brand strategy and this creation, but it's really a, a clarity position, right? Yeah. It also took me a long time to even realize I had to also read all the reviews and realize that every single person who went through brand camp used the words they gained clarity and confidence. I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, that's what brand camp is. It's not about brand. Like it's so interesting that I'm still evolving. We all are. We all have to still be paying attention. So I think I've, I've just always been a people person. Like I've, mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert. Um, I've always been probably somewhat intuitive. I think I pushed it down for a lot of years uh, into my adulthood and I've started really embracing it because I've realized that me being able to see people for who they really are allows me to make sure that I'm not creating a brand for them that isn't deep enough and isn't really right for them. I will continue. I can feel when they're not being authentic most of the time. So maybe part of it is a gift, but, but I've also done some work um, to, uh, for myself, I, 2019 was like a whole year of work on me. It really, because I realized that I'm, I'm such a doer that I was just like driving through everything. I was like, check, wrote a book, check, did this, check. And I wasn't taking the time to like, oh my God, I wrote a book. Like I'm an author. Like that is so cool. And, and just acknowledging my accomplishments instead of like on to the next. And so just taking more time for me, taking time to be grateful, taking time to meditate and just 
I'm still not perfect at it, but I'm, I've, it's something I've been really working on. And I think that has allowed me the space to see people differently. Mm, love that. So talk about stepping into your intuition. Oh, okay. So Melvin wants to know, let's do that first. Melvin's, um, how does a day in your, what does a day in your studio look like? Well, it looks like a little different these days than normal. <laughs> um, so a day, I do a lot of calls called brand audits. Uh, when I do a talk, when I do um, anything, so people can sign up for a brand audit with me and I review their online presence. So I do spend a lot of time doing that. Um, I work with my designer, Maria. I'm, we're, she's working on all of the design work for our clients. I'm doing art direction with her. So we're communicating back and forth about various things. Um, I feel like sometimes no two days are the same. Not these mm. days. No, not these days. We're working remotely from each other. So we're spending more time on Zoom and more time on Slack mm -hmm. uh, so that we can communicate with each other. And then I have a virtual assistant who's also remote. So there's just a lot more remote. Um, you know, I'm trying to spend less time in my email so that I'm focusing more. I know what I'm really good at. So now I'm really trying to focus more on providing great coaching calls to my brand coaching group for my mm -hmm. clients. Um, you know, one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions and helping and doing a lot of like blogging and social media because I'm the face and the voice of the business. Mm -hmm. So my biggest role is creating great content, sharing it, being visible, and then providing brand camp and all of the, and doing the speaking. Although most of my speaking is now turning into virtual stuff for the foreseeable future. Right. Hope that so, helps. Melvin. I, th I hope so. Um, what about, so you're stepping into your intuition. So that's about trust. And you talked about, um, we, me, we talked about before that I think a lot of people don't trust their intuition or they've, they don't take time to reflect back to how that was. Oh, I thought that was going to end up this way writing it down, jotting it down, making a middle note, and then coming back and say, hey, was my intuition right? They just end up either going with their gut and then it flies in their face or they go with their gut and it, it works out. But I don't know if um, I, with people, because with people skills, you have to have practice and you have to have failed and you have to make mistakes and then you move forward. And I love that you, you talk about that. So how have you developed this skill? Um, and maybe it's just getting back to trusting that intuition, because I think we all have intuition, mm -hmm. um, but trusting, develop the skill as it relates to your clients and how you can help them. I think, you know, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes over the years and I make sure to make sure that doesn't happen again. And when something really goes sideways, um, I, I take the time to reflect on why did that go wrong? What could I have done differently? And what signs could I have looked for that I, maybe I didn't see or I saw, but I didn't listen to. Mm. So um, a lot of it is experience. It's just, you have those clients that, and I use, there's a couple of examples in my book about toxic clients and you know, the client that came in and like handed me her hand kind of like this, like limply, you know, like she was, the, I was like, am I supposed to kiss your hand? Like, what, <laughs> what's happening? And limply, like she didn't squeeze. She just kind of gave me her hand, you know? And then I was, that was like set the tone. I was like, huh. And then she was a pretty 
interesting tone in the meeting, a little bit passive aggressive. And then at some point asked me what my, my deposit refund policy was because she'd already asked for two vendors back for her full deposit. So like, like red literally flags. like if the, if the red flags aren't screaming at you at this point, you are, I don't know, you, you have other <laughs> issues, but it was just like screaming at me that like, mm. I can, that, there's no way I'm going to work with this person. Um, my husband who has a interior design and architecture firm once had a potential client who was a lawyer say that she had sued her next door neighbor and was like, and all of, I was in the meetings, she was taking calls in the middle of their consultation while she was, for like, she was on the phone for like 20 minutes once while he was sitting there waiting across the boardroom table for her while she's on a call. Like again, red flags. Mm. If somebody has told you they've sued their neighbor, what's the likelihood they're going to sue you? Yeah, higher, I mean, higher. Yeah, right. So, some some signs are like glaring, and mm. sometimes they're subtle, and we don't pick up on them. And I've right. been in that place, and it's just learn like making sure you go. Okay, that sucked. I'm going to do the best job I can for them, and then love them out the door. I heard somebody mm-hmm. use that expression, which I love, love them out the door. And that's the best job you can do. And then do whatever you can to note those signs you should have seen so mm. that it doesn't happen again. So kind of do a postmortem on your emotional connection or your chemistry with the client and then be yeah. able to say yes or no. And why were they wrong for me? Mm-hmm. Right. And that. a lot of times it's because you'll realize I took on that project when I really shouldn't have because I just needed the money, but I didn't really want to do the work or I really didn't connect with the person. You'll start to realize that you took on the project probably for the wrong reasons. Right. All right. So there's three more questions that I got to have. Okay. So how, when you were pivoting, you mean you, we talked about how you redefine success. So Mm -hmm. this is important for us as we're talking to our, our clients, our customers, because this is also has to do with them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how they define success in the past and how they define success in the future. So for you, what was it about redefining success? Well, I feel like we all get to define it our, for ourselves. And I think it was also stopping caring what other people mm. define success for me. Mm. Um, and you know, it's, it can be hard. I think we all care a lot about what other people think about us. And I fall into that category sometimes too. But ultimately, if we do it because it's what we want, then that success doesn't mean it has to be a seven-figure business because somebody else thinks you should have a seven-figure business. That's not, that may not be success to you. Um, it could be, I don't know, like it's, what do you want? Do you want to work so that, you know, you make an, this much money so that you can have vacations to go with your kids when we can start traveling again. Um, you know, so it was actually writing down, like, what makes me happy? What, what, what is it that success will do for me? And it was the freedom it would allow me to do to work with amazing people, to have great experiences with my family. And so it's really get it. It's all internal. I think that's ultimately, if I were to say anything, it's all the internal work that we have to do for ourselves to figure our stuff out Mm -hmm. so that we can show up and say, 
this is who I am, this is what I want, and, and not care if it doesn't fit into somebody else's model of success. Absolutely. And Jose says, it's funny how we try to offer when we putting an offer for a job, we'll be like, oh, I think I'm the perfect fit or I will be, but really we should be reframing this to say, I believe you're a good fit for me. Right. Yeah. I think that that, and I think that's a excellent way to, okay, here's question number two that I have yeah. to ask. So <laughs> it was, uh, because I think it, when we were talking about it, it was kind of this epiphany weekend that you had, but you'd done a lot of work before this, but it was, it was from the straight to the curly, but it was also, that was a real big um, symbol of how you had dimmed your light. And I love that phrase. And I think a lot of, uh, so as a designer, we try to do everything. Well, that's a, t you can only have one light bulb and it goes everywhere, right? It's not going to reach very far. But if you say, I am going to light over the desk, then over the desk is where you're going to be focused. So tell us about how did, how you stopped and what maybe define what dimming your light is better than I did. So it, it, I had this epiphany moment when I was working with um, actually an intuitive coach. Uh, I went through this process to really work through my own limiting beliefs about myself and what I could do. And that term dimming my light came up and I remember bursting into tears and realizing that it was just such a, a visceral moment. And then what's even funnier is that I was at an event shortly after that and I was at a table of people and I started feeling really small. Like I was, everyone else felt, I felt like they were all more successful than me or whatever. And I started talking and all of a sudden the lights got brighter in the room and everyone was like, what just happened? And then, you know, shortly after that, my client sent out an email with the subject line saying, are you dimming your own light? Question mark. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so it was like all of these signs kept coming to me. And I realized that I never wanted people to feel bad about themselves. And so I felt that by me shining brightly, it would, I would overshadow them and they would start to feel bad about themselves and their life and their accomplishments. And this comes from a lot of old stuff, but I'd also been told by people over the years, well, nobody wants to hear about that, Laura, or you know, just those little kind of digs that people say to you that you don't at the time you're like, Hey, that was kind of rude. But you realize that those little things that people say to you actually make you hold back. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Nope, I'm going to shine bright. I'm going to wear my yellow. I'm going to wear my floral jumpsuits. I'm going to wear my curly hair. I'm going to show up and be my best self. And if you don't like it, that's okay. This is who I am. And mm -hmm. What's interesting is when I started to just be the beacon and be the light, that all of a sudden we had the right clients and people that I, you know, just were like, I want to work with you. I want to be in your light. Not that I was sh overshadowing them, but they were like, I want to be in your light. Mm. That's the difference between being a light that overshadows people and a light that lights up other people. I've never said it like that before, but I feel really deeply about that. I love that. Well, we got it recorded, so we're good. Amazing. <laughs> so Debbie says, Debbie's in Colorado. She says, amen, amen. Wow, Laura, I relate to everything you're saying. This is powerful. Thank you for sharing, genuinely sharing. And then Jose is right there with her. Oh, thank you. 
All right. So this really what you're saying is it's about your brand chemistry and not trying to layer something else on top of it. And, and I always think about it as a fence, you know, and I know I don't really want to hurt people's feelings, but I know that I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. But if I ride the fence, nobody is going to even come to me because they never know if I'm going to go this way or this way. And so it's really, it's good to choose. I love that you said you're going to be the beacon, but really you're the Lara beacon. You're not anybody else's beacon. You're just the Lara beacon and you're going to yeah. be it instead of trying to be somebody else's who they want you to be. Right. Exactly. So I, um, I okay. So the last question I think we have time for, cause we're over uh, or we will be after you answer this question, but you have after, to go, I won't be offended, but okay. if you can stick around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So if you, if we are trying to, to understand how to attract the right clients, I think what you're saying is we need to do some work on us. Now, if, if we're doing this work with a client, we need to expect some time to dig in and they need to not just be like, oh, it'll be an hour and I'll be ready, right? Right? It's yeah. not, it's, um, it's kind of like, and that's why ba uh, brand camp is not just a, a, you know, a one hour video on, right? This is something that you go through and it's a process and it's not something that you can do in a day. This is something that um, you have to think about and kind of percolate with. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, in order to attract the right clients, there's a lot of factors that you need to know. And it's not a quick fix. It's not a new logo. It's not right. a new, um, it's, you know, what, what brand camp does for us as well is our clients get to know themselves really deeply. Mm. And then we also as creatives get to know them. It's like the best design brief you could ever get because you see inside who they are, which means we can, our design work got better exponentially when I implemented brand camp as an essential part of our process, because we're not just jumping to design. And so I turn people away that are like, I just want a logo. I'm like, okay, that's, there's other people who will do that. So when you are really clear on your position, who you are, what you stand for, then then you become that, that beacon, that attraction for the right clients. But it doesn't mean that you just build it and they will come. You have to be visible. You have to be authentic and you need to be consistent. Those are three key elements that I want everyone to think about. How can I be visible? How can I be authentic? And how can I be consistent? And if you've got all three of those things, then I believe that you're on your way to creating brand chemistry with the right clients and they will start coming to you. So are those the three key elements any business would need? Um, yes. Okay. So visible, authentic, and clear? Consistent. Consistent, I mean. So <laughs> visible in terms of like showing up on social media, going to events, going on, mm -hmm. like just being out there so people can see mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. right? Authentic so that it's like, you're showing up as your best authentic self. You are not hiding behind, you know, industry standards. And you're like, you know, if you swear, you swear. If you're, you know, this or that, like just be, be your best self. Right. Um, and consistent both in terms of your colors and your fonts and your, but also in your tone and your language and in your frequency. Mm. 
right? Which goes with visibility. Well, when I was reading the book, I kept thinking, okay, well, because some, when you're talking, there was a, the cake decorator, but there was also a comedian. Yeah. And um, obviously comedian is going to be funny, right? You, you have the word comedian in your title. I mean, hope uh, you paid a lot of money for a website if you're not funny, you know? Yeah. But uh, but it wasn't necessarily that she used Comic Sans or used something that wasn't necessarily appropriate for what the value she was bringing. It wasn't she was going to little kid birthday parties and doing puppet shows. So some of this um, you talked about and what I kept circling what had to do with quality of, uh, it could be quality of writing, quality of photography, but there had to do with so consistency is important, absolutely. How much, and you didn't say anything, I'm just reading into this, so I'm <laughs> into intuing and whatever. Um, yeah. So bec- it's like you want your quality to re- be reflected um, correctly. And yeah. I think in the two examples that I'm thinking about in the book, it had to do with photography. But I also think it could be writing, you know, or the quality of the, or the amount of white space, you know, I mean, it could, that has to do with quality. Um, what, does that come into play or is that just how it, is that more of like a value-based? Is it higher quality, higher price? I think it's, you know, a lot of people are misaligned with their value on their website. Mm -hmm. So the comedian motivational speaker, she did have a comic sans esque font on Mm -hmm. her website and it looked, her brand looked cheap online Mm -hmm. compared to what it is now because she's also going after a corporate audience. We had Mm -hmm. to also understand who her her audience was. So um, it's, it's finding that, alignment between your value, your price point, and making sure that the image you're putting out there, you are for your clients, whether it's the fonts and the colors and the, all of those things, the white space, the layout, like you can say a lot about the value and even indicate a price point Mm. by the look and feel. Photography to me is hugely important. Branded photography, where we actually see real people, not stock photography, so that people actually you know, you want people to be able to connect with you from the images on your website before they've even met you mm-hmm. so, and on your social media. So, so then, I mean, with the cameras we have now for social media quality, there's some good quality, but maybe it's taking a little bit more time to set the scene or having a setup with the good natural light or yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do invest in great personal branding photography. You'll see a lot of that on my social media feed. Um, because I believe that's important and, but there are some other ones that I've taken myself and, you know, but you want to, you don't want to just post a photo for the sake of having a photo. If it's a crappy photo, it should not be on your website. Okay. Full stop. Okay. So that has to do with quality for sure. Right. A hundred percent. If people see crappy images on your website or a lot or a stock photography, that's not authentic. So you're already losing Mm. points on authenticity because of that. Yeah. People also want to see themselves in your website. So mm-hmm. I have photographs on my, the homepage of my website that actually I brought in some clients so that people can actually go. And I tell people to do this all the time. Like I want my clients to go on my website and go, Oh, she helps people like me. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have a certain, and I mean, so I brought in a man like men and women because I work with both men and women, 
you know, because I think it's important to, for people to feel like she serves people like me. So if you know you serve a certain age group or demographic or, you know, say you, if I was only serving people who are naturopaths, as an example, I would want to make sure I had people who looked like they were in a medical, they were naturopath. Like mm-hmm. I would want to feature that on my website to make it really clear that this is who I serve. Mm. So Melvin has one last question. When yeah. we build authenticity, it will be automatically memorable, right? <laughs> um, some people are authentic and it, it doesn't necessarily come, it might be memorable, but it could be for the wrong reasons, right? Bad so I memorable. still, it could be bad memorable. So I think I always say you need to be your best authentic self. Mm. So by building authenticity, I'm talking about how do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to reference you, right? You're going to remember me for my curly hair and my yellow top, right? So that's going to remember sh- you for a lot more uh, knowledge, okay, well, <laughs> but, but we, that <laughs> might be the you visual. Would describe me right. physically, right? right? Or how I show up. Like if you come off rambling and whatever, you know, if you know that there's some, some things about you that are not as strong that you need to work on, then mm. that's, it's just, it's hard to articulate. Um, some people are really authentic online, but they come across as very unprofessional. So I think by being our best authentic self, it's not your rolled out of bed, you right. know, hot mess, unless you're selling, you know, cotton candy that's hot named mess. hot mess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then it is it's it's just, difficult, it's, right? You need it, but you need a plan. I you think do. the reality is that even authenticity needs a strategy. Mm. What does it take? And I actually did, um, uh, did I do it as a blog post around tips on authenticity? So I'll, I'll try to send you a link to that, but check out the blog. I've got some more recent ones around visibility and authenticity. And even on my social media on Instagram, uh, the month of Feb month of January was all around visibility and February was all about authenticity. So you'll see me sharing a lot about authenticity. Yeah. Authenticity needs a strategy. It, it really does. Mm. Um, and just like that curating your vulnerable stories, mm. just because something happened to you doesn't mean you need to share it. Yeah. Not everything is relevant. So if you have a vulnerable story that's relevant to your audience and relevant to your business, mm-hmm. share it once the wound is healed. Mm. And you have lessons that you can share from it. I love that. All right. So yeah. I want people to be able to follow you. And they can also, uh, we can sign up for Brand Camp. It's not just for clients. Like we can also be a client and going through this as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So Brand Camp, you want to give them kind of a, a basic overview? I mean, you sure. kind of did in your in your lesson here today. Yeah. So I can share a link. Um, so Brand Camp Online dot com. If you go to I've that got link. it. I'm putting it, putting it. Okay, in perfect. There. So I actually have taken, I have a two day intensive weekend that was supposed to be April 18th and 19th, which is not happening now. So I've done a hybrid between my online course and the weekend. So I'm basically offering the online, the, for the price of the online course, I'm giving you the amount of time with me like you would on the weekend. 
So it's five two-hour Zoom calls with a small mm -hmm. group, a short one-on-one -on -one call, and all of the videos, pre-recorded videos in the course and the workbook and access to me in a Facebook group and that it's 1500 Canadian. So that's going to sound much even better to the Americans, especially with the dollar. <laughs> um, and normally it's 2,500 um, for that weekend. So I've created a bit of a hybrid because I know people can't meet in person right now. Right. And this is actually the perfect time for people to work on their business. So if anybody wants to check it out, all of the details are on that link. Um, that Diane just shared. And if you have questions, absolutely feel free to email me, which is laura at labcreative.ca. And happy to connect with everybody, whether it's on social media or you want to connect uh, for a quick chat on the phone too. So I just want to, for anybody who's listening, they're driving, I don't know, maybe they're still going to work. Who knows? Uh, hopefully, hopefully we're not... Uh, everybody's losing their job, please, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but so you can check her out at labcreative.ca and then brandcamp online, brandcamponline.com slash pages slash join. And all these again will be underneath if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on iTunes or if you want to come and look at all these links and everything else, it'll be at rechargingyou.com slash 337. And then um, her Twitter is Lab Creative Inc. Her Instagram, Lab Creative Inc. Facebook, Lab Creative Inc. And on LinkedIn, you can, uh, there's a whole bunch of yeah, weird Yeah, just numbers. search Laura Beauperlon, you'll find Right, me. right. <laughs> so we're having lots of other, uh, Rachel saying, great job. That was fantastic. Thank I think you. that um, Rachel says, if you can't answer why this, other than I'm being authentic, you might need to pause and think about it twice about sharing it. I love that. Paul also said yeah. he ordered the book from Amazon in the U.S., but they're saying four-week delivery now because they're uh, prioritizing other supplies. Right. Anything that can be done to speed it up. Well, you know what, Paul? She went on Instagram Live and you were reading chapters, right? The past uh, yeah. couple of days. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be reading chapters um, six and seven, I believe. No, seven and eight. And then Friday, I'm going to finish it up. So I've been going on and reading it live on, uh, on Instagram. And if you, um, if you do the course, then you basically get to do the content of the book, you know, with me. Right. Laura, thank you so, My so, pleasure. so much. I, I know we went long, so thank well, you everybody for hanging out. <laughs> they're used to going long. Uh, I tend to go long, but I think just the content was so good. And I'm really thankful because we got a lot of questions answered. And I really appreciate you just being honest and sharing and just um, reminding us what's really important and that we need to ask some of these tough questions. Amazing. For sure. Thank you all for your feedback. Love it. Loved being here. And thanks for having me. Thank you for watching. Thank you for staying and listening. I just want to let you know, this is weird for me too. I have a whole new setup at home now and it's, I work at home a lot. Maybe y'all do too. I am going to be implementing some bi-monthly meetups just for us. The Design Recharge family to be able to come together and talk about what's going on. So I'm going to have a topic uh, planned and we will start not this week, April 6th, more than likely. Um, I have a 
online conference that I'm going to on April 6th and 7th. So I can't remember what the date was, but you will get an email, one more email asking you to fill out the form that tell, asked what time and day would be best for you. So make sure you fill that out. If you're not on the email list and you want to be, just go to rechargingyou.com slash sign up and then you will get this email as well that says this week tells you what we're going to talk about this week or next week and then it'll ask you when is the best time to do these kind of meetups just doing this while we're on lockdown or staying at home shelter in place whatever we're calling it whatever we're calling it but while we do this that that way we can have a time to be together i loved today's lesson with lara beauparlant and I, I learned so much. The book is great. I hope you guys get the book. It is a terrific little read. Easy, easy to read too. Tons. And there's some places where you can really write in the margin. I, I mean, I highlighted, underlined. It was, it's really good. So I hope you'll join me and get that book from Laura. But I wanted to let you know there's another way that you can stay focused on your goals and that's to join the power station and if you don't know what the power station is you're like power station i got power i got electricity i don't need anything but what this is is when we come together we help each other more there's accountability there's every week you're showing up and people are asking you and expecting to see what you've done and the power station is the group that i created that meets um, on Thursday nights, or we're going to have a daytime one that meets on Monday mornings for me. Um, if you're in the United States, it's 12 p.m. Eastern time. But right now, I have one more spot in my night one. I don't know, night group, I don't know, night power station. And then I will be opening up some spots for the daytime. So I hope that you guys will take advantage of this. Let me know. So this is, you can go to, if you want to learn more, you can go to rechargingyou.com slash power station. And it kind of gets you, gives you all the information that you need to know about season four. So do you need help with setting goals or accountability, staying focused, especially during this time, man, I really need help with this stuff. Um, transforming your business is what we're trying to get everybody to do. And it is hard when we are at our, at our houses all the time and our clients are, we're having to do brainstorm sessions with them that we wouldn't normally. So this is going to be a really good time for us to shine and to be able to come together when we fall, we can pick each other back up. So maybe you need help in finding clarity on what your next step is, or you need to investigate and discover and explore what you really want to do. So if you want to create a powerful mindset, and a sustainable business. I hope that you'll join me for the power station. It's a hundred dollars a month. It's booked in three months. So it's a 12 week mastermind group where we talk about different kinds of things and we come showing, showing up every week with things we need feedback on, getting um, challenged in our mindset or where we're limiting, we have limiting beliefs about ourselves. So this is something where you will be investing in your future. You will be able to get help and you'll try new things. You can plan for when you fail or plan for what you're gonna do when you pick yourself back up. 
there is, it is a going to be a better picture because you have other perspectives coming in and you're going to make a mark because this time in your business, especially is going to be making a mark and we will all remember this time. So I also think, um, another thing, another four that I am is part of this whole set that you'll read about when you go to rechargingyou.com slash power station is making sure you're insulated. So good electricity is insulated. It's called fourth grade electricity. So it's another four. And that means that you're safe. Everything is inside the group. We're not sharing this out where this is a, a very secure group. And this group is for motivated entrepreneurs with a full-time business or a well-developed side hustle. And maybe you've hit a block or maybe you just don't know where you want to go. Maybe with all this COVID stuff that you're like, you know what? I'm doing what I want to do. It's, I've waited too long. So if you're ready and you want to apply today, it does open. Um, I'm taking applications now and then you'll hear from me with uh, really a couple days. If, if I normally am within 24 hours, but it's usually... Right now, give me twenty, uh, give me forty-eight hours, and I'll get back to you with an email about your application. Right now, we are the launch date for the Thursday is April 9th, and it's at seven p.m. Eastern time, four p.m. Pacific time. And then, if you do the Monday, which is not listed here, but I can make sure that I put this back on here. Monday, it's April 13th is when that one opens. And I believe that one's at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So you can do the math either way. So that would be great if you're in Europe or something like that as well. So I hope this is, each call is 120 minutes. I mean, uh, uh, sorry, 90 minutes. Sometimes we've gone to the two hour mark, but not normally. I'm really gonna be trying to keep it to the 90 minutes for sure. So let me know what you're looking for and let's see if we can help each other. I hope that you'll join me for the day or the night power station. And I hope you hit apply. The other stuff that I always say, I am just going to not say today. So I hope that you have a great week. And oh, applications close obviously on the 9th um, or on the 13th if you wanna still do the day. I'll be taking applications until that day. So let me know and then we'll get connected. I hope you're doing okay. It's a weird, weird time. And I believe that it's going to be okay. We just need to do, we need to stay inside. So please stay inside. We will be stronger together. Let's use the internet and let's, let's just do this. Hit like, hit subscribe. All the links are down below. Thank you for just being part of my family and for joining me. And I can't wait, uh, if you don't, if you're not uh, a normal subscriber, hit rechargingyou.com slash sign up and then you'll get the emails each week. All right, see you next week.